the region's premier medical information program. Call the doctor. Does it seem like many people you know are struggling with allergies? We hear sometimes allergies are bad this year or this area has terrible allergies, but what exactly does that mean? We wanna know all about allergies, particularly seasonal. What's happening in your body when you get a reaction? And how can you live with allergies, especially this time of year? Talking about allergies on this episode of Call the Doctor. Hello and welcome. We are so glad you're with us for this season and this episode of Call the Doctor. We're going to get right to tonight's panelists because this is a topic that I think a lot of people are talking about right now. Welcome to all three of you. I would love if you could introduce yourself and let people know who you are and where they can find you. Sure. Uh, my name is Puneet Bajaj. I'm an allergy and immunology specialist. My office is in Fortyfort. I work with Geisinger and I'm the director for uh, allergy division for Geisinger. Great. Welcome. Thank you. How about you, sir? And I'm Mohammed Al Musa. I'm a family uh, medicine specialty and I work for Lehigh Valley uh, Medical Group, uh, uh, currently practicing in Hazelton. Welcome. We're glad yeah. you're here. Thank you. How about you? Yeah. I'm Joel Laurie, board certified in allergy immunology. I'm practicing in Dunmore, right over the border from Scranton. All right, great. So glad to have all three of you here tonight. Thank you. Uh, we will get to different types of allergies, of course, in a minute, because I know that there's a lot of things that one could be allergic to in theory, but let's start with seasonal allergies. And I, we talked a little bit earlier. I mean, this is the question we'll get to, and I know that this is not your area, but why is this area so rife with allergies? It seems as though everyone we know is dealing with seasonal allergies or just about. Why? Do we know? So uh, you're right, Julie. I think this area is particularly you know, known for severe allergies. Um, I think it's always ranked in the top 10 in the country for, for the pollen allergies. Um, I think because of all the trees and all the vegetation we have and how the valley is, I think a lot of pollen kind of gets accumulated in this season. Uh, and also when it warms up, sometimes when it warms up very quickly, all the pollen kind of is released together. So we see a surge of pollen happening very quickly. So that's why I think, uh, especially in, towards the end of April and May, it can be very high pollen in our area, and that's probably the reason why people get a lot of allergy symptoms at this time of the year. So this is the time. What yes, absolutely. In yeah. uh, the office, we already started to see a lot of patients come in with uh, many symptoms. And I think also this year we didn't have a long or a bad winter. We didn't have a long time of freeze. So a little bit earlier, maybe we see a lot of uh, patients come into the office with symptoms of seasonal allergies. Yeah. What are you seeing, doctor? Well, what happens is that over the years, the allergy count have been going higher and higher and is starting earlier and earlier. <laughs> and the tree season, usually February, March, April, May, grass season, which is the most common allergen is May and June, so everybody's miserable in May because yeah. everything's there at the same time. All at once. And the thinking is maybe because of the higher levels of carbon dioxide, the trees are producing, or the plants are producing more pollen. There's, there's theories, but there's no question that that number, of the amount of pollen in the air has been going up over the years. I'll stick with you for a second. What's actually happening in your body when you're having an allergic reaction? What is it that's happening? So the way an allergy works is you have an antibody called IgE. and it's attached to a special kind of cell called a mast cell. So think about it like a floating World War II uh, mine. It's just sitting there doing nothing. When it gets exposed to something that it's, uh, that it's allergic to, it says, oh, warning, danger. And the mast cell sends a signal to the mast cell and explodes and releases histamine and many other chemicals. It's not just histamine. And that's what makes people miserable. They may itch, depending where the histamine is released and how much, 
it makes a difference. If it's in your eyes, you may have watery, itchy eyes. If it's in the nose, you may sneeze, have an itchy nose, stuffy nose, runny nose. If you have enough histamine released through the whole body, that could be anaphylaxis, meaning the entire body is having an allergic reaction. Usually not from pollen, though I've seen it. I had a girl years ago, and she was driving a convertible through a big field, and she ended up going to the ER for anaphylaxis. She had so much exposure. Wow. So do people think they have allergies sometimes when it's really something else going on? How are we to tell, especially in the age of COVID now and there's other, I mean, we're out of flu season or at least yes. we should be, but how do people know whether that's allergies or something else happening? What would you tell your patients? So I think it's- Either yeah. or, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> so I think it's very common to confuse allergies with a common cold. I mean, that's a question we get asked all the time. Is it uh, truly an allergies going on or you know, is it a sickness or a cold going on? Um, so a, a cold is a viral infection. So it's kind of when you get a viral uh, upper respiratory tract infection, you get runny nose, watery nasal discharge, so you, you can easily confuse it with allergies. Um, and sometimes it can be hard to tell, but I think some of the main differences would be with allergies you get itching, which is not very common with common cold. Uh, you get, uh, you know, with common cold you get scratchy throat or maybe sometimes sore throat, fevers, uh, body aches. So those things are very unique to kind of, you know, when you, when you have these uh, common colds or viral infections, whereas then you get allergies. Uh, as I said, it's itchy eyes, itchy nose, runny nose. Uh, you can have itchy throat, itchy ears. If you have asthma, you start to get asthma symptoms like coughing, wheezing. You can also get headaches. Uh, you may, it, it may affect your sleep and you get very irritable. So, and those symptoms are more prolonged. So, an allergy symptoms can last for the whole season. Mm. So, if you're allergic for tree pollen, you may be having this pattern of symptoms that every uh, spring season, you kind of have these symptoms lasting for, you know, two months. So, so, so that's how I would kind of differentiate between allergies versus uh, something like a cold. There are differences in ways to tell. Yes. Yeah. Also, you know, for older population or people who have uh, allergies for some time, and the talk is about seasonal allergies, you'll find those symptoms happen always around the, the same time of the year. So this is one another way to, to kind of, uh, 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 you know, differentiate between seasonal allergies and something else that's going on. The timing is very important. Yeah, so yes. a good history, you know, when you see the patients and. Uh, good intake uh, that will always help differentiate between the two or you know allergies and something else that's going on. Do, do you still use the and I have no idea what it's called but you know the the all the little pin pricks on oh, your absolutely. is absolutely. that still the standard of testing for what kind of allergy you might have? Yeah because there's blood tests but it's not as good it may miss things so the scratch test actually is the best test we have right now and it's very it's very good if you have a good you have to get a good history first and find out what's going on. Okay. But it definitely is, is the best test we have. That is still used. Yeah, and so it's, but even with the testing, sometimes I'll tell people, if people are not allergic to dust mites, I'll still explain to them how to avoid dust mites anyway, for example, for a few reasons. First of all, dust is a mixture, house dust, even though we're talking about seasonal, it's also perennial. Sure. House dust is a mixture of human skin, animal dander. Even if you've never had a cat or dog in the house, there's enough cat and dog dander in your house dust enough to cause allergies. Hmm. Uh, they've done some fascinating studies with school children, and the more classmates have cats, these other kids who don't have any cats have higher levels of cat dander. It's on their clothes, it goes sure. in the air, it comes, they bring it home. So house dust is also full of mold, and also there's some, uh, something called um, endotoxin, which is produced by germs. So people can still have a problem anyway, even if they're not allergic. Ah. So 
Yes, there are antihistamines, of course. Um, we'll, we'll stick on this track just for a second here and talk about ways that you might help a patient who comes in with, with allergies. I think it was you, doctor, who talked about the, the steps that you take uh, when it comes right. to figuring out uh, how someone can live with, with allergies this so time I usually, of year. I usually say there's three steps to treating allergies. Step one is finding out what they're allergic to, try and decrease their exposure the best we can. And I always say, I know no one gets rid of the cat and dog. I know that, I've been doing it long <laughs> enough. But whatever's reasonable, we try and decrease the exposure the best we can. In terms of the grass and tree pollen, which is out now, usually the best we can do is keep the windows closed, maybe run an air conditioner, set on recirculate so you're not getting the fresh air in. Uh -huh. yeah. So the worst thing you could do is get open the windows wide open and get all the pollen. And a lot of people say, oh, I go to sleep at night, I'm great. Well, the problem is the pollen count is usually highest around 6 a.m. So when they wake up, they're miserable. So step one is environmental control and there's no side effects. That's the only thing in medicine I can say, there's no side effects. Right. Second step is the medicines. And again, histamine is part of the problem, it's not the entire problem. So histamine, antihistamines do help, but it's not the be all and end all. Okay. And I've been hearing, I'm not that old, but I was told when Benadryl first came out in 1948, they said, that's the end of allergy, you don't need any allergists anymore, we're finished. <laughs> not true. Not so much. And then the last step is the allergy shots. So the allergy shots do change the person so they're no longer allergic. And it's not like you get one shot and then you're cured. It's a whole series, so eventually your body learns to ignore what you're allergic to. And shots are something that you'll need lifelong? So typically we do shots for at least three to five years if a patient can do it. The way the shots are done is typically we start on, on a weekly schedule and we build up the allergen level in your body. And after that, we transition to a monthly schedule. So if it, it's working for you, then we do recommend patients to stay on shots for at least three to five years, because sometimes patients stop their shots and they want to go back on it. And that would involve going back on the weekly shots to build it up. You have to go back to the very beginning yes. and get that first hit right. in there. So usually what I tell my patients is that shots don't work for everybody, but for the majority of people, they feel much better. But in theory, one-third of people are cured for life. If they have their shots, they're finished, they're good. Really? In theory, one-third of people do great for 10 or 20 years after stopping the shots. And you have those one-third, as soon as you stop, within a couple of months, everything comes back. And those people, I'm not in any rush to stop. Got it. From what I see in, you know, from uh, patients, uh, the length of the use of the shots, actually, uh, the longer they've used it, I think, the longer they go without symptoms after that. So yes. if they stop maybe, if they use it for 10, 12 years, I think they do better for longer time than someone who used them for like three, five years. Right. So, so. I mean, we see that patients who have stopped shots and their symptoms have come back. When they restart shots, they typically stay on it mm -hmm. for, for as long as they can. If if an allergy is an immune system reaction, is there anything to helping your immune system out? Or is this something that, you, you, you know, you see what I'm getting at here? Why isn't um, helping your immune system, why won't that help an allergy? So, um, so our immune system is designed to, uh, you know, work against or protect us against infections or bugs or organisms, right? Uh, but when the same immune system starts to act against harmless kind of substances, that's an allergy. So when we talk about allergens, we're talking about you know, pollen or you know, environmental allergens or food allergens or drug allergies or uh, bee sting allergies. So these are all kind of otherwise harmless sub substances, but it's the immune system that starts to think of this uh, you know, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a bad thing and starts to react to it. And then it starts to produce these allergy antibodies, which when reacts with these allergens causes the allergic reaction. Uh, so it's not like the immune system is kind of, you know, uh, so it's, it's kind of, you can say, a, a more of a strong response of immune system to some things. Uh, why it happens, I think it's a genetic thing as well. So, you know, some people are more predisposed to getting allergies than others. Uh, 
over time, the prevalence of allergies have been going up. We don't know for sure why, but we feel that less people are getting infections these days, so their immune system is kind of, instead of fighting off infections, it's kind of getting into allergies or autoimmune diseases. Hmm. So that's why we are seeing more and more allergies happening these days. Um, yeah, you so, had a so I agree, if anything, the immune system is too good. And some fascinating data suggesting people with a lot of allergies may have lower rates of cancer because their immune system is good. So it's the last frightening. thing you want to do is rev up their immune system even more. Interesting. So a lot of the strongest medicines for allergies are actually going to weaken the immune response, huh. like steroids and so on. What about the allergy shots, uh, shots themselves? That's I mean, idea. we can look at it as uh, they do, the allergy shots do modify the uh, immune system right. in a way so you oh. that you're responding actually to, differently to the allergens you've been allergic you to for so a while. So yeah, I, I would say that, yeah, the allergy shots are so the, what shots do is basically tone down your immune system. So because the immune system is already very strongly reacting to all these allergens, so it's basically we are tricking the immune system into right. believing that these allergens are not harmful, that they're harmless. So mm -hmm. we build up kind of a, we slowly introduce the allergens in their system and we build up to a certain level. And as we keep doing it, the body gets it every month and it gets used to it. So when the actual allergen is high around you, your body doesn't right. perceive it as a, yeah. as, as a risk and it stops kind of reacting or over reacting to it and that's how they work. Any idea why sometimes you can grow out of an allergy or someone who's never had seasonal allergies suddenly all of a sudden has issues? What, what's happening? I'll, I'll let you take that one, doctor. What's happening? Yeah, that's probably a question you for... Okay, <laughs> you're like, no, I don't want it. <laughs> I was glad yeah. not to answer that one. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So I think the natural history of allergies varies. We don't understand it completely. Uh, this question gets asked to us like, you know, am I going to grow out of allergies? Uh -huh. You know, and we don't know the answer for that question for sure. Your allergies, you can outgrow your allergies, they can stay the same, or they can even worsen. Uh, I think the only way to be sure about growing out is actually, as Dr. Lori said, is allergy shots. That's one way that we've seen that, you know, that is one modality that people can outgrow their allergies with. But other than that, it's kind of, you know, uh, how your genetics is. So, you know, uh, why our body suddenly becomes allergic to a certain allergen? Like, for example, sometimes you can get allergic reaction to a shellfish, and you may be eating that shellfish all your life without any problems, but suddenly you may, may throw a big reaction to it. So those things, you know, uh, we don't understand it completely, uh, but that's how the allergies are. So sometimes, as, as I said, the immune system starts to recognize that, that thing as a threat and starts to react to it, and that's an allergy. I'd like to talk through some misconceptions about allergies and about ways to, to treat allergies. What are some of the common uh, misconceptions that, that you hear? Do peop are people often confused about what an allergy is or is not or how they can treat it? Well, absolutely. And a lot of people, for example, let's talk about food for a second. Sure. Uh, so if, if, if someone drinks milk and they get diarrhea, stomach cramping, they may say, I'm allergic. Well, a lot of times they're not. They may be missing an enzyme called lactase that brings, breaks down the milk sugar. That's lactose intolerance. They're not allergic. You can give them the enzyme, you can replace it, called lactate, and they can drink all the milk they want. Hmm. Um, there's uh, some fascinating diseases out there. You never want to have a fascinating disease. <laughs> uh, where people, it's called fathism. They're missing an enzyme, and they eat fava beans, and they have this, the blood starts, they break down their blood, they get hemolysis. Oh, my word. I'm sure maybe you've seen more of it in the Middle East. Yeah, in the Middle East, yeah, that's very popular there. there yeah. So, so yeah. people think that anything that they can't tolerate is an allergen, but it's not. not we mentioned right, also yeah. about aspirin. If you take aspirin, you get stomach ache or you get, or you get bleeding. That's not an allergy. That's what it's supposed to do. That's what it does. But an allergy, a very specific immune response that's abnormal. Mm -hmm. I always mention, if anything, it's like friendly fire. Your body thinks it's attacking something foreign, but it's not. I'm trying to do you a favor. Mm -hmm. Yes. Right. 
Uh, what were you, were you yeah, going to say? I was uh, thinking about something. You know, it's not so much a misconception, but uh, you, we see a lot of patients with uh, allergies and symptoms, and they don't. Uh, you know, a lot of people consider it as it's okay. You know. Uh, I don't think they realize how much it's affecting their daily routine and their daily life. And uh, you know, it, it, one thing is they get used to it. You get used to, to wake. You get used to wake up in the morning and have stuffy nose and keep going, not breathing good all day and keep going. Uh, so I think they won't know until uh, you know uh, if we educate them, if we try to treat them, if we offer them uh, more information, and they see the difference. This is where you know it's it's uh, something that's important to to get the message to. That's a very good viewers, point. Yeah. That uh, you know. Uh, that, as he said, I think, uh, you know, again, having allergies means that they're going to affect your quality of life. And sometimes people kind of get used to it. Uh, so, you know, but the, the consequences can be kind of, you know, uh, not good for you. For example, if, you, if you're a child or if you're a student and you have allergies, and that, that's affecting your sleep, your, you know, your performance at school. Yeah. Uh, and if you ignore it, you know, that's going to keep going. Mm -hmm. uh, you may be missing work, you may be missing school. If you have asthma, you may be getting multiple asthma attacks. So I think it's one of those things that the awareness will create a better quality of life and that's going to make you more productive. What about, we, we talked a little bit about food, but you can be allergic, of course, to food and medications, we, makeup, contact, as you said. Um, what are some of the other of the other allergies that you see that are not that are not seasonal allergy related. Well, I think one of the common allergy questions that we get asked is bee sting allergies. Bee stings? Yes. Yeah, so people think that if they get stung by a bee, they will immediately have a bad allergic reaction. They may die from it. So that's a common uh, kind of question we get asked. But again, uh, people want to be tested for bee stings sometimes when they have never had a reaction to bee stings. They would they would want to have a screening test done to see if they will ever have a reaction if they get stung again. Uh, but again. Uh, that's not something we recommend because these allergy testings can can come false positive a lot. Oh. So just because a test comes positive when we test you doesn't mean that you have a true allergy. So uh, we always recommend that if you have a reaction to a bee sting, and when I say a reaction, we're talking about an anaphylactic reaction or a severe allergic reaction, and such reactions would typically present with the with forced type of symptoms. So they can involve your skin, which will present with hives and swelling. Or... Yes. Or the second thing would be your breathing. So that would present with throat tightness, chest tightness, coughing, wheezing. Uh, number three is your abdomen so or your belly, and you would have cramping and vomiting. And number four is your heart, which can present with lightheadedness, drop in blood pressure, or loss of consciousness. Wow. So if you've had a reaction which is on those lines that you got stung and you had hives and you had trouble breathing or you vomited, then we recommend getting tested for it and to see if you need an EpiPen or some kind of shots for, uh, for bee stings. Uh, but otherwise, you know, if you get stung and you get swelling on your hand, well, that is expected. So that's something that we do not recommend testing for. You talked about the EpiPen, too, and I thought right. that was interesting. Do you think people aren't really educated as to what goes on with an EpiPen? Yeah, I think that epinephrine or is adrenaline, same exact word, right. and it saves lives. So usually if there's a question, I say use it right away. Um, the uh, adrenaline is going to make your heart race. It's going to make you jittery and nervous, and that's okay. It saves your life. So if there's a real question, you're much better off using it too soon. Any studies of anybody, anybody who died from peanut allergies and so on, the one thing they all had in common is they all waited more than an hour. Mm. So you really want to use it early, and if you need to, you can repeat it again in 10 minutes. Don't wait. And we were discussing earlier that just because you use the epinephrine doesn't mean you have to go to the ER. It means you need to use the epinephrine. 
Now, if you used it twice and you're not feeling better, I would definitely go to the emergency room. Right. But the vast majority of people who use the, the epinephrine uh, auto-injectors don't need anything special afterwards. They're cured. And they Benadryl and steroids are really much lower on the list. Like they're waiting for the big one or something. You know, I, I, I think that's a good point you brought. So I think if we especially talk about food allergies in the same context, so many times if you know that you have a food allergy, you know, you've had a reaction in the past and your testing is positive to that food, then we uh, prescribe EpiPens to these families and patients and we tell them to, you know, always keep it accessible. And if there's any accidental exposure that happens that leads to an allergic reaction, they should immediately use the EpiPen. But sometimes people wait it out and they're not sure if they should be using an EpiPen or should, should they give more time. So I think it's important to use it early on. Mm. So if you have you know, hives or any kind of breathing symptoms, or even if you're not sure, you won't go wrong with using an EpiPen. So that will be a life-saving measure to, to do if you have uh, any concerns for an allergic reaction. So there is, is there a risk with the EpiPen? Generally not. For most people, no. For people who have heart disease, it's not an ideal situation. Um, and in some people taking some med certain medicines called beta blockers may not even work as well. Mm. So there's a workaround. There's a second medicine called glucagon we could use if we need to, if the gotcha. epinephrine doesn't work. But I think people need to understand it's going to be right through the clothes. You're, you're still fully dressed. You're just jabbing in the outside upper outer thigh and leaving it there for a few seconds. And that's another thing. It's fascinating. It's one of my favorite studies. They took pieces of meat. They weighed how heavy it was. Then they put the EpiPen on it, and they weighed how much the increase in weight there was over time. And almost all the increase in weight was in the first one second. So oh. the EpiPen goes in very quickly. You don't have to leave it there for five or 10 seconds. Interesting. Because a lot of people will just like, do it, and then they want to take it out because it hurts or what have you. Right, right. But you were talking before about things uh, I wanted to mention about unusual kind of allergies. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, in terms of hives, the fancy word is urticaria for hives, um, people can be allergic to water. I've seen people. Water? I've seen sunlight urticaria, yeah. solar urticaria. Mm -hmm. uh, wow. I've seen people, well, some people are allergic to themselves. Some people, when it's too hot <laughs> or too cold, yeah. they'll break out, <laughs> or when they exercise. Yes. So there's all sorts of fascinating things. As I mentioned before, you don't want to be a fascinating patient. Yeah. Is that uncommon or just things that we don't typically hear about? It's fairly common, actually. As Dr. Lori said, cold-induced urticaria, <laughs> we see that a lot in our region. So you know, in the colder times of, this, of the year, you can get hives or swelling on the exposed parts of your body. So it's like an allergy to cold. And sometimes the way we test it is that we actually put ice cubes on their uh, you know, forearms and we let it sit for five to 10 minutes. And when we take it off, it just form the big swelling there. My goodness. And the biggest danger for these people is jumping into a swimming pool. Because if they have a big allergic reaction, all the blood oh, flow goes to the yeah. skin, they can lose consciousness. Oh my goodness. Other things in that regard, I mean, we see a lot of patients sometimes for the first time, they have some allergic reaction. By the symptoms and the exam, you could say this is a really allergic reaction. And a lot of times you cannot find out what they were allergic what to. Allergic you to. treat yeah. and then it never comes back. Uh, and what about asthma? Didn't you bring up asthma a little bit earlier too? What's asthma's role or connection here? Well, asthma has an allergic component to it as well. So anytime we have patients with asthma and they, uh, the season they have their allergies high, we try to educate them to maintain their medications for uh, asthma as well as stress on the importance of use of uh, the, uh, uh, the medications for allergy this time of the year. 
uh, so if they're using uh, nasal sprays or loratadine, uh, they should be uh, starting uh, those medications a week or two, I tell my patients, usually before the season uh, starts, because you want to prevent you know, any uh, uh, asthma attacks, you want to pre uh, prevent uh, emergency room visits, hospitalizations, sure. and, you know, long-term effect on the lungs uh, from that. So, um, we were yeah, talking, it is we were important to prevent, you know, those things. We were talking before about how important it is to treat allergies, and you had definitely mentioned that kids don't do as well in school, they have, you know, and people who at work don't do as well. It also increases the risk of having asthma, increases the risk of having ear infections, and other mm -hmm. problems like that. So a lot of times by treating the allergies very aggressively, then you may prevent that. There's some fascinating studies where they gave very young children uh, cetirizine at age 12 months for a long time, and those people had a lot less asthma, people who are at higher risk for developing asthma. So asthma is when your air tubes close up on you, when the trigger comes, and the triggers could vary, so it, but allergies are very common uh, triggers for asthma. You could have cold air as a trigger, or activity as a trigger, or respiratory infections as a trigger. But when the allergies are high and that's your main trigger, especially in this season, if you don't take the allergy medicines, it not just flares up your allergies in your nose and sinuses, it can very well lead to an asthma attack and that's gonna put you in, in a bad situation. So that may lead to ER visits or need for steroids hmm. and that can cause a lot of concern or sometimes admissions in the hospital too. It's usual, it, it seems as though, as though it's usual to treat allergies as in you, you take a small amount of sort of a maintenance, a little bit, you know, throughout the entire season, at least I have heard that anecdotally, of course. Uh, are there situations where, uh, so you, you have your, um, your over-the-counter type medications and the shots, are there anything else that I'm missing, any other way that you would treat allergies? So I think, uh, as Dr. Lori said, the first thing is avoiding the allergen. Right. Uh, the second thing is the medicines, right? So there are a couple of options that we have out there. So, uh, so we have antihistamines. Uh, the standard antihistamine that a lot of people use is Benadryl, which unfortunately is not the best because it's only uh, you know, active for four hours in your system. We do recommend using something long-acting like Zyrtec or sorry, Cetrazine or Loratadine or Fexofenadine. They stay in your system for 24 hours. Uh, the other thing is uh, steroid nose sprays like fluticasone, mm -hmm. so you can use them every day. Now, most people would try to use them as needed, but that doesn't work as good if you have seasonal allergies. So if you know that you're allergic for the, 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 for the spring pollen and that's gonna be out for two months, it's better to use it every day instead of just using it when your symptoms are flaring up. In fact, we tell our patients who have uh, spring allergies to start using their medicines mid-March so, and, and go throughout the season so that their, their, their body is kind of you know, prepared to handle the allergens. Are we almost through it? Um, no. No. I mentioned tree season is, is up till May, but okay. grass season, which is usually the worst, is May and June. May and June, so into, okay. And it's been my theory, I haven't read any studies, but it's, I like my theory. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much tree pollen in May that even people without allergies, a lot of times have itchy, watery eyes, and you could test them, nothing shows up, but you still have to treat them. But it's still right, yeah. I wish we could continue on, but we have reached the end of the episode. Thank you. I know, I told you I'd go fast, right? <laughs> Thank you, all of you, for your, for your expertise. We do appreciate it. That's going to do it for this episode of Call the Doctor. We are very glad you've joined us. If there's something that you've missed or you want to take a listen to again, you can find the whole show at our website, wvia.org. For all of us here at WVIA, I'm Julie Sedoni. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.